He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Chapel International, Lady Pastor Adelaide Hayward Mills. Oh. 
standing in the presence of our own strengths, but we are standing in the presence of Almighty God. Thank you, O God, that the entrance of your word brings light. Let there be light and illumination in the lives of your people this evening. Oh, I pray that there shall be angelic visitation, that angels will descend and ascend on our behalf. Oh, that the angels which are ministering spirits of God will minister to your people. I pray in the name of Jesus that the word of God will go forth. I come against every rebellion, every stubbornness, every resistance to the word of God. I break down everything that exalts itself above your knowledge. I pull down every stronghold that the enemy may have in our lives. And I pray that your word will bless your people. Your word will change your people. Your word will bring light. Your word will bring a sword to the cutting asunder of spirit and soul. Oh, let there be an anointing like never before. Cleanse this vessel, O Lord, and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. It's a joy to be here. It's a joy to have you. The daughter train has been moving. It's been moving. From place to place. Amen. Amen. We've had many meetings in Ghana. And uh, we've had meetings also in Switzerland, in London, and in Holland. And sometimes it feels like a marathon. But the Lord gives grace. Amen. And we are happy to be here. I want to honor my husband, the bishop. Amen. Please thank you for honoring him. And um, I happen to have many friends who are pastors' wives. And many of them are not released by their husbands into anything. And many of them tell me that they can't even play any part in the ministry, although they yearn to. So I've come to see more and more that it is not something to take for granted. Hallelujah. I went to a church in Ghana with a couple of our lady pastors. In fact, I didn't know that they were coming along. But there were about 15 of them. And uh, it was when the time was getting closer, then Lady Pastor Mariam, my assistant, called me and said, what should the dress code be since we are going to a church? It was a lighthouse church. So I said, oh, the usual Lady Pastor, you know, black jacket, long black skirt, and then our wooden crosses. <laughs> and when we got there, the staring in the place was no small thing. Because in that church, there didn't even exist one lady pastor. The highest woman was a deaconess. You know, and um, they were so touched when I introduced the lady pastors. So at the end of the service, we were coming to get tapes from the tapes table from Lady Pastor Bridget Michael. And they kept introducing themselves. I'm Lady Pastor Susie as a confession. You know, I'm Lady Pastor Joanna, I'm Lady Pastor the Trudeau. That was their desire. Afterwards, when we were going home, and even the next day, many of the lady pastors sent Bishop texts 
Thank you for giving us a place to serve in the ministry. I want to honor my husband for being a channel and a, 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 a pipeline that God has used to bless us women. Amen. Let us not take it for granted. That's right. That we too have encountered with him. Amen. I want to honor your chill. Mm. Our very yeah. own. to America and I feel very at home. I feel that it would just be like home. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to honor him and his wife. Amen. For all the pastors and their wives who stand with us and who love us. All these things don't just happen. It is a grace and a blessing that God gives. So thank you for your genuine love and your genuine support. God and for the bishop and for myself. Amen. Amen. God, we should bless you. We had a wonderful time in Zurich by the grace of God. 26 ladies came from the London Church. Wow. And uh, their presence was really felt. They are noisy bunch. We were happy to have them. And I'm believing God that you too. Right. We start to travel because of the ministry. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you too yeah. will start to pay tickets yeah. to get spiritual things. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. May you be released. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Yeah. And the Lord was gracious. And the Lord was good for the three days. And we give him all the glory. Amen. This evening. I want to speak to you about it's a woman's thing. It's a woman's thing. Are you there? It's a woman's thing. Turn to the person next to you and say it's a woman's thing. Pastor Joy, you can be here with all our blessings. First Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 11, and then Ecclesiastes 1 9 to 10. Maybe we should read Ecclesiastes first because it's in the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. I hope it's not that you know where to find Mary Kate products, but you don't know where to find it. Help me, Jesus. Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 10. That which has been is that which will be. And that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. Hallelujah. Turn to the person next to you. Say, there's nothing new under the sun. And then, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Are we there? If you are not there, shout, wait for me. Wait for me. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. Now, these things happen to them. As an example, and they were written for our instruction, 
upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Hallelujah. The Bible is telling us in Ecclesiastes that there is nothing that has not been. And that which shall that which shall be, that which is done, is what shall be done. It means that what has been done in the past is what will repeat itself. What the Bible is saying is that history repeats itself. And there's no new thing under the sun. Some of you when you met your husband and your beloved, you thought that you have found something new. Okay. And that nobody has fallen in love like that before. And that as for you, you are very romantic and very great. But in a matter of years, you have come to see that there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new. It has been done already of old time, which was before us. What does that mean is that you are not well informed. You are under-informed, hallelujah. And you don't really seek to know more. That is why you feel that your little world is the world. And also that is new, that you are the latest thing on the planet. There's never been anybody like you before. And there's nothing new. Go and ask Miss America. Whether before she came, there was not another Miss America. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything has been before. Hallelujah. The Bible is saying that these things were written for our instruction. They were written as examples for us. And so when I say it's a woman's thing, we have to go back and look at the women who have been before us. Hallelujah. And see what was their thing. What was their thing? And not also take ourselves out and say that oh, it was the you know they were not cultured, they were not women of the millennium. Forget. They were not you know people in the space age. We are women in the space age. They didn't live you know under certain conditions. But there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. Amen. And these things were written for our instruction. But it's not everybody who can be instructed. Amen. Some people you speak to them as they are, that's how they are. Some people you speak to them, they don't even go and consider it. They say, no, this is my decision, I'm sticking to it. But we must be able to be instructed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So let's read Genesis chapter 3 and look at some of the people who lived before us. That which has been, so that we will know that which will be. The Bible says that let him who thinks he stands take heed. The most dangerous place to come to is to think that minus me. And to think that as for me, certain things don't you know, come my way. Maybe the season in your life has not allowed certain things to come your way. But sometimes it's just a matter of time. Hallelujah. When my, heart, my, my mother used to read and then she'll be saying, she'll be taking the book first. Ah, why? Can't you read? Can't you see? You know? And when she would wear glasses, I'll be very surprised. I'll be wearing glasses. I can't see. When she has to thread a needle, she has to call somebody. And I'll say, so this needle, the whole, you can't see, or what? But as time is going on, I see that when my husband mouths a pulpit, he has to wear glasses to look. 
and I see that that which has been is that which shall be. Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now we can say many things about Eve that she was the one who was tempted. But we have to know that every woman has her own temptations. Hallelujah. Eve was tempted and you and I will also be tempted. And we have to learn how to overcome some of the temptations that have been. Hallelujah. Now the first thing that came to Eve was that when she saw that the tree was good for food. Many of us are driven by our senses. What we see. When you see a handsome man, you say, oh, this will be a very good husband for me. Because you have seen. But you have not lived with. But you just see. And when you see, God's word doesn't matter anymore because you have seen. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, in spite of God's word, when you see, say, Lady Pastor, I've seen. Lady Pastor, why are you not seeing what I'm seeing? When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, number one, and that it was pleasant to the eyes. Anything nice you want, pleasant to the eyes. Many of us are like Lot. We see a well-watered garden. It looks green. We don't know what lies behind it. And when Abraham said, choose, God said, oh, I'll choose the well-watered garden. When he finished choosing, God gave Abraham something else, including what Lot It was pleasant to the eyes. I want to ask you, daughter who is making it, what is pleasant to your eyes? Sometimes it's even material things, they are pleasant to your eyes. And so it's going to cost you your faith because it's pleasant to your eyes. May the Lord deliver us. Amen. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. These are the things that we're working on here. Desire. What is it that you desire so much that God cannot control you? When that desire comes upon you, it's like convulsion. A tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband, say poor Adam, with her. And he did eat. Say, ask him no questions. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life. These were the three things that were working on her. In spite of what God has said. First of all, she had no business holding a conversation with the serpent. When the serpent came, she said that this Adam, he doesn't even talk to me. Forget. This is somebody who will talk to me. Forget. Men, please don't tempt us. Talk to us. We need to talk. So our temptations are often in these 
dresses. The pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. And the Lord will deliver us from the women's thing. The first temptation, which is a women's thing, is the temptation to marry unbelievers. Hallelujah. I keep telling you, people say, oh, Lady Pastor, is he born again? Lady Pastor is a black American. <laughs> Lady Pastor, he came forward. And I've had the opportunity to counsel many sisters. And say, even if he came forward, you know, the way he is behaving, first of all, he is not even setting a wedding date. You are always the one asking about the wedding. So when are we getting married? So when are we going to settle down? So, and then when I asked the sister, so how long have you gone out with him for? Oh, four years. Four years? And you are hearing the same story. Even when you are both ready to marry, and it's like for two years, you are the one asking. It must make you think. But we see all the signs, and we're still going. We say, when he marries me, he will change. You see, now it's because we single, when he marries me, do not base your life on the fact that somebody will change. Rather, base on your life on the fact that things will be the same, if not worse. Because this is the honeymoon period, amen. And your love has not been tested. But we think that when we are in love, desire. Then she saw the dream that it was something to be desired, to make one wise. You say, oh, little pastor, this one. God has waived the law. This is the one that God has given me in our flow. And we as pastors, we can only counsel you, but we cannot force you. I see many great sisters who love God when it comes to this woman's thing. This particular area. We fall. Oh, it doesn't happen here. It's a woman's thing. And we feel that if we sleep with a man, the relationship will become more secure. And we buy into the lies of the devil and of men. Because a woman cannot believe it that somebody will give her words and passion like that and leave her when she says she's pregnant. It doesn't make sense to her. And she thinks that the person is so crazy about me, the person cannot change. But the only person who cannot change is Christ. Even you, look at how you've been changing your mind. Hallelujah. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And many of us, we are unequally yoked. You see, one sister, she was going to get my was this brother is incorrect. Oh, lady pastor, he's going, just like he's a baby Christian and he's coming along, you know. The Lord is just touching him. <laughs> Two weeks after she came from the honeymoon, she was at work. This is not a fairy tale. When somebody called her, it was a block of apartment. So somebody called her and said, Oh, your husband has a woman in the room. Two weeks. So she came, then this is that too. Excuse me to say, she's a good fighter. So she came to the room and it was not easy for the sister. And she gave the sister a good beating. And continued with her marriage. What will we do? She'll come and tell you. This happens. Oh, sister, so what do you want to do? 
I want to forgive him and I want to continue that. Oh, God bless you. Then after the counseling, we pray, Lord, strengthen us as you go. Marriage itself has many challenges. First of all, you are a man and woman. Only that is enough. Amen. Secondly, you are different temperaments. Thirdly, you have different backgrounds. Fourthly, you may have different interests in certain areas. All these things, they are going to add. Married an unbeliever. It's a woman's thing. Now she's been married for four years. And then she said she went on trek or whatever. And then when she was coming back, she came and announced. Again, it was a Sunday afternoon. When she came, another sister, another lady there. She gave the sister a good beating. In fact, she has the gift of beating. So I was in church on a Sunday afternoon when she came. She was wearing a camouflage pair of shorts and she was wanting. I was walking with one lady, but I said, I almost mentioned her sister, what is wrong? I said, I've given her a good beating. A good beating. Now she's in court. She's about to divorce. We have spoken. I've taken her to other pastors, associate pastors of Bishop. I said, oh. She said, No. Lady Pastor, this one, this one is biblical. I can't take it anymore. Why did you start on that journey in the first place? You have a boyfriend, he's slapping you. You say, When we marry, you will change. Hey, when you marry, you will kill you. It's a woman's thing. May the Lord deliver us. Amen. We have to trust God that his word is true. The Bible says that the word of God has been tried seven times and purified. This person who is going to marry, his word has not been tried yet. And God's word, we always feel that we are wiser than God's word. And that Jesus, after all, he didn't marry, so he didn't know what it is to fall in love but God created marriage before you came. And he says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And because you know that verse, you are forcing people who are, not be, who are not born again to be born again. So that they will fall in with the gospel. But it's not worth it. You are a treasure. You are something God has made. God made you for a specific purpose. And you do not have to let anybody treat you anyhow. Hallelujah. You are a treasure. God treasures you. So if the person is slapping you now, he doesn't treasure you. So the woman from Europe was giving her testimony. She said, oh, the first day when I told him, I didn't see anything. But by the second day, I could see some improvement. The American said, oh, the first day, as soon as I said it, I saw improvement. Then the Nigerian woman said, the first day, I saw a little the second day it was half. The third day I saw nothing. She had been slapped fully. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we see all the signs and yet we keep going. But it's because God loves us that He gives us some of these things to guide us. It is not to imprison us, it is not to put us into bondage, but to set us free so that we will enjoy life. Yeah. That is God's mind. Yeah. That is his motive, but we can't trust his motive. We think that he wants to deprive us of something. 
May the Lord deliver us. The next woman's thing is to trust in your beauty and in your youth. To trust in your beauty and in your youth. Many of us, we have certain looks at a certain age. And we think that that beauty is an insurance in life and against all odds. And that it will never change. That is also a deception. And that is also a woman's thing. Many women think that there will always be flowers that men will always come and propose to. And that the fountain will never dry up. And so some of us are so rude when the brothers come back. What? Who? Even if you don't like it, don't be rude. Why? Esther 
more than all the women. And she found favor and kindness with him more than all the virgins. Please note the mother. So that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king gave a great banquet. Esther's banquet. Have you ever had a reception in your honor called your name, your banquet? When you got married, they said so, so, and so, you and your husband, but not you, your banquet. Okay? Esther's banquet. For all his princes and his servants, it means for both great and small. He also made a holiday. When you are married, it is a general holiday for Saturday, but there's no special holiday because you are a special woman. He also made a holiday hmm, for the provinces and gave gifts according to the king's bounty. This is a woman whose husband loves her and who is beautiful. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai, that's not part of our reading. But I want you to know that the king took Esther into his palace because he loved her more than all the other people. Number two, she found favor and kindness with him. More than all the virgins. Number three, a crown on your head. Hey, if a man does this for you, say, oh, the man loves me so much. My beauty is getting me so many things. Then he made a holiday and sent many gifts to everybody, everywhere, just because of his love for you. There's a public holiday in the whole nation. It's not an easy thing. Now let's go to Esther chapter 4 and see whether this beauty answered everything. Esther chapter 4 verses 10 to 11. Then Esther spoke to Hatak and ordered him to reply to Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king, to the inner court, who is not summoned, he has but one law, that he be put to death, unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter, so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for how many days? The beauty, the queen with a crown on her head, the public holiday with gifts, Esther's banquet for a whole month. A man has not called him. Why do you think that your beauty will last forever and that your beauty will get you everything? As for me, I'm size eight and I will ensure that I stay this way. Ensure it. Ensure it, but it doesn't mean that it guarantees you the love and attraction of a man. 30 days. Even some of us don't have that testimony. Your husband has not done anything with you for 30 days. You are in trouble. And for the ladies who are blessed daily, be grateful. Because 30 days is not a simple thing. She was chosen among all beauties. She was more favored than everybody. And yet her beauty did not last for her. It's not something we say by in our heads, you know. 
I asked one lady, she said, I asked the mommy. When I look into the mirror, I see that I am not bad. And because you are so thin about your beauty, that is why when people come and propose to you, say, when you look at me <laughs> and you look at yourself, is there any correlation or connection? But sometimes God is sending somebody to be a blessing to you. And the beginning product is not the end product. But you see the beginning product as the end product. And then when you see other people who have been posting, I like this one. It shouldn't begin like that. We trust in our beauty. The Bible says beauty is vain. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. It's a woman who fears the Lord who shall be praised. Hallelujah. And we trust in our beauty so much that we invest so much in our beauty. More than we invest in things that matter. Hallelujah. It's a woman's thing. We will buy expensive cosmetics just to look beautiful. You will buy human hair just to look beautiful. But when it comes to spiritual things like, oh. If you want to know the kind of person you are, look in your handbag and in your possessions. If you don't have anything spiritual, it should tell you who you are. Amen, ladies. It's a woman's thing. The next temptation, the temptation to follow material things. It's the big time. Luke chapter 12 verse 15. It says, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Many women are not happy with what another woman has. And it is often unspoken. It's the body language. Or they may even, you know, a wedding is announced. She's getting my when they are hurt. I said, but I'm more beautiful than her. What's the problem? Why is it her? Hey, these days, two strange things are happening. We have a problem with jealousy and envy. And we are not able to celebrate each other. And we can be with a man who will play our politics around him, the man doesn't even know. Amen, ladies? And for that also, I want to read you a little story. Don't worry, I will not keep you here for long. First oh. Kings chapter 3. First Kings chapter 3. It's a woman's thing. First Kings chapter 3, verse 16. For the purposes of those who don't know the story, we we'll read the story. Verse 16. Then the two women who were harlots came to the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, Oh my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. And I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. And it happened on the third day after I gave birth that this woman also gave birth to a child, and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, only the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night, because she lay on it. So she arose in the middle of the night, and took my son from beside me, while your maidservant slept, don't sleep too deep, eh? and laid him in her bosom, and laid her dead son in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, behold, he was dead. When I looked at him carefully in the morning, behold, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, No, for the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. 
But the first man said, no, for the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. Then the king said, the one says, this is my son who is living, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, for your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. And the king said, get me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. Then the woman whose child was the living one spoke to the king, for she was deeply stirred over her son and said, Oh my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, He shall neither be mine nor yours. Divide him. Then the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him. She is his mother. Hallelujah. Now I want you to note verse 26b. He shall neither be mine nor yours. Divide it. That is the spirit with which women operate. If you have a good marriage, I will destroy it so that it will neither be mine nor yours. We will all be the same. If there is any blessing, I will not allow it to come to you so that it will neither be mine nor yours. Divide it so that we are all the same. Why should you be seen as more blessed than me? Why should things go on for you and not for me? Why should God bless you this way and not bless me? It's a woman's thing. Hallelujah. Let it neither be mine nor yours. If I don't have it, you don't have a right to have it. If I don't have a beautiful house, why should you have it? And so, I may not speak, but my attitude, even when they mention your name, it's like, oh, there may be somebody who say, oh, she's a very nice at all. I don't see. I don't think so. Is that what you think? Everybody can be nice, you know. She's very beautiful. Oh, is that what you call beauty? I see. Actually, beauty lies in the eyes of the world. It's a woman's thing. Let it neither be mine nor yours. If a woman is elevated, if a woman is celebrated, if a woman is promoted, we don't like it. We can handle a man's promotion. We cannot even serve one another. If it's a man, oh, pastor, will you drink this? If it's a woman, serve yourself. Don't you see the drink there? Even sometimes the pastor is always with his wife. TDJ said that sometimes his wife is treated like buttons on his shirt, as if she doesn't exist. At least have the curtsy and beat her. She's not a statue and flower pot. Amen. Let it neither be mine nor yours. If it's a good name, if I'm not the one being celebrated or talked about, let it not be yours. If it's somebody who has a husband who seems to have something of means, you resent it. And when you hear that they are having problems, you magnify it. Hey, I hear they are having a lot of problems. A lot of marriage. I hear that... Uh, they are almost divorced and even the husband doesn't love her anymore. And there's a feeling of joy and celebration in your hands. And you wish it wouldn't work. Let it neither be mine nor yours. But what you don't celebrate will also never come to you. Hallelujah. And may the Lord deliver us from envy and jealousy. The Bible says envy, who can stand it? Envy is worse than death. That's what the Bible says. And this woman, I believe you perfectly well that the son was not hers. But why should your son live and mine die? Let it neither be mine nor yours. 
Let it never be mine or yours. Don't let it exist. Destroy it. Destroy it. It's a woman's thing. We are jealous and we, we get into unnecessary competition. Sometimes you have not signed up for the competition, but people have signed you up. Just you wear this, I also wear this. If you wear this, I also buy this. We'll see who will. You think you are looking nice. I'm also looking nice. Direct, direct. The Lord will help us. Sometimes it makes us stretch ourselves beyond measure. So this is this person's child goes to the school, so you go and stand with your husband. Our children should also go to the school. And if your husband cannot afford it, he should afford it because. And you know, if I were to go by that, even in the ministry, I would not be here. Because every time you go somewhere, you will see something new. When I went to LA, the pastor was living on Beverly Hills. So I can also come easily to Ghana and say, but this girl is so <laughs> And so at least let's move to an elitist part of And people say to me, why do you live there? Why? And some of us, we don't have a mind of our own. Everything is what people are doing. And we are never content because we have a covetous spirit. And when you do that, you can never celebrate like everything you want. You can't have everything. Hallelujah. And do you know what comes with going to live in Beverly Hills? Everything comes with a price. And we have to know that. So, so my, my child must go to the American school. The American school, the price $7,000 a ten. Even schools in America don't charge that. My child must go to a French school. My child must go to GIS and pay $5,000 a ten. Why? Because this bishop's son goes there. This bishop's son goes there. This one's son goes there. So all of us must go there. For a man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. Hallelujah. One time in Ghana, pastor's wives were celebrating their birthdays. I don't know if I've told you this story before. No, no, tell And uh, they would call me and invite me, and some of the wives would share their testimony. Oh, my husband just bought me a brand new BM for my birthday present. Would you come? So that we celebrate whatever. It's not that I'm anti so but often I'm not able to honor all those invitations. And just before I came, another pastor called me and said, Hey, I'm honoring my wife. I said, What was Oh, a brand new Mercedes Benz on the sea. It's coming. It has all the gadgets. And I was saying, that, You see, are you buying it for yourself? For you, maybe like gadgets. But when you give it to your wife, she will use all the gadgets. And, so no, no, this one I've been asking her, you know, what type of car she wants. So that's a Benz, a BMW. And then another lady also invited me, Grand Cherokee, I mean, brand new. And then another one I think was a BMW, you know, these are bishops in Accra. So my husband had traveled. So when he called me, I said, hey, people are buying BMW, Grand Cherokee. So you too, what is your contribution? So don't bring difficulties. Don't. So when we met once, I think we were with the pastors, Reverend Saki and I told her, I said, hey, this place I mentioned in the name BMW, this one. Dinner banquet in La Palm and things. What are you people doing? A gentleman in the church came to me, a rich man. He says, Sister Mom, since 
to join the church, your car has been the same. I think you must do something about it. I think you must protest. I said, no, I'm very happy. Said, we are not talking about your happiness here. We are not talking about Since I joined this church, I have changed my car six times. I said, I don't fancy your way. So no, 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 I can even arrange for a best report from Germany. Then this one, I said, no, I'm very happy. So that's the problem. <laughs> the problem is your happiness. But I'm trying to say that when we compare ourselves with ourselves, we won't become less. Because we waste that way all the You know, and the mother was saying, ah, so you are saying that me? And I said, oh no. <laughs> oh no. I reflected on it briefly. I realized that you have honored me more than even a cow. Yeah. Hey, you know, then they loosen up like, say, <laughs> what is it? I said, you have made ugly chapel after me. I think it's more than any car. Or any thing, because cars even have accidents. But the chapel to be better, I'm just on it. Ah, you see, you see. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beware of covetousness. Because you would like to compare yourself. This one's child is in this school, so it means that the child will turn out better than mine. Who said so? And we drive our husbands into things that they cannot afford. And we make them feel like they are not performing or they are nothing. You will always have opportunity to compare. You'll be better off compared to some and some will be better off compared to you. But we have to develop a spirit of contentment. And I believe that we can do The temptation to be emotional. That one, I'll talk about it again under another topic. The temptation to be emotional. First Peter chapter 3 verse 6. Whose daughters you are, so long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Hallelujah. The Bible is saying we can be Sarah's daughters. If we do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Amazement is a form of emotion. Amazement denotes fear and being terrified. And the Bible says that we will be daughters of Sarah if we, so long as we do well and are not afraid with any amazement. I don't know what this version is saying. Without being frightened by any fear. That's what the New American Standard Bible says. Without being frightened. By any fear. What are the things that women fear? Fear that they won't get married? Fear that they will remain childless? The fear of marrying the wrong person? Fear of somebody breaking your marriage? Fear of poverty and financial difficulties? Fear of our husbands becoming interested in other people? Fear of our children not doing well? Fear of our husbands not loving us anymore. Fear of becoming widows. Fear of in-laws. Fear of not being liked by others. 
fear of being mistreated in the future is like this my husband, I will suffer with him in the future, you will not do well. Fear of giving everything and losing it all. Fear of experiencing what you've seen happen to others. The fear of investing everything into your marriage and losing it all. And fear for your children as to how they will turn out. These are all fear. I realize that many of our problems, the root of it is fear. The reason why we are hysterical, we overreact. The reason why we accuse, the reason why we face all fear. We are afraid of many things. And we love security. Hallelujah. So the men, as much as lies in your power, please make us feel secure. As much as you can. Because as I tell you, when we came on earth, everything was in place. Everything was not disorderly. And the fish were in their place. Birds in their place. Everything was working. And even you were waiting for us. For God's masterpiece to be released. So we came in a very secure environment. And sin created insecurity around us. That's when we started to run away. So I ran away because I was naked. Fear was the first thing that entered the garden of Eden. And fear will come in many clothes to haunt us. And many of us are afraid. We are afraid of the future. We are afraid even if we die, we are afraid for the stepmothers our children will have. Hallelujah. I was telling my husband, it's not so much my passing away. But how my children will be treated. Really? You think very far. <laughs> so why are you saying this? I said because sometimes somebody will come and be fighting you through your children. You, you've come, you've lived your life, you've exited. But somebody else has said, what did she used to do? What did she used to like? What did she? And they are fighting you in your death. <laughs> it's a woman's thing. Hallelujah. Fear that. After we have given all our lives to our marriages and our husbands, we will be disappointed. Because it does happen. Somebody married 26 years, so I'm divorcing you. A woman begs, rolls from here to there, say you are going. So somebody was asking, so what would you tell a woman like this? You know, beg all you can, cry all you can, say sorry all you can. But when the person still says he's going, hey. You were alive before you came, and you will be alive after. The Lord will treat you. It will not be easy, but you will survive. Look around you; many people have survived. Hallelujah! And so we have to decide that we are not going to become basket cases because of fear. Whose daughters you are, so long as you do well and are not struck or afraid with any amazement. Hallelujah! What is it that frightens you? Many times. We don't even face up to our fears. They are there like nuances, shadows. But we don't face up to them. But things occur to us. Thoughts come to us. Oh God. So will I never marry? Oh God. You see a lady in Abjad. She was 50 something and then she got married. To a very rich man. And um, but she had adopted a baby. So I went to visit her after her wedding. And I said, so how is it? Hey. It's very difficult. <laughs> I said, I was in the very, very, very demanding. Eh? Look at my age. Today I want to drink water. Today bring it. I said, 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 I was so amused. I said, oh, but at this age, he said, yes, because, you know, I'm 50 something. And then he's also 60 something. He's put all his 
And she had the baby. So I called her and said, how is it? How is it with the baby? Oh, in fact, it's not that I'm complete, but it's very hard. <laughs> I don't sleep. The baby cries all the time. Hospital, various things. So sometimes it's not that I'm complete, but it's very hard. And I said, but what did you think? I said, oh, before you look at them, they look so cute. I said, Everything has a price. Yeah. Hallelujah. So the things that we are so waked up about, we need to get this, we need to get this. Oh Lord, will I not marry? Oh Lord, will I not have a child? Oh Lord, remember me. Oh Lord. It's all based on fear. Even sometimes a fear of rejection. The fear of not being accepted by society. The fear that we will fail does not even make us venture into anything, including ministry. Because we are afraid. But we will be daughters of Sarah, so long as we do not. And I'm not struck with amazing Hallelujah. The temptation to be proud. Many of us, we have a problem with submission because we are proud. But we don't want to call it pride, we want to call it other things. So, Lady Pastor, I'm married to a fool. Somebody told me, oh, Lady Pastor. I'm married to a fool. I said, what are you to have chosen? I couldn't say the word fool. I said, what type of person were you to have chosen? That type of person. But we have a real problem with submission because we feel cheated. And we feel that if we give in, the person will take advantage of us. And so submission has become an issue. But submission is unto God and not unto any man. Hallelujah. The Bible says, wives, submit unto your own husband as unto the Lord. If you don't have the God concept, you cannot submit. Because as you look at your husband, you say, this, this thing, I should submit to this thing. If you have a man you don't respect, don't bother marrying him. Because you will not be able to submit to him. If you have a man you are not proud of, don't bother marrying him. Because you will not be able to submit to him. Hallelujah. The temptation to be unforgiven. Is it true? See, it is often said that we have fish hook stomachs. And even though the Bible says your sins are remembered no more, we say your sins are remembered forever. It is in our interest to walk in love. The Bible says do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. It means that evil will be done to you. And evil can overcome you. But decide not to be overcome, overtaken by evil. But you use good to overcome evil. Hallelujah. It is the guilty that need forgiveness. Not the guiltless. So some people say, oh, he's done something very bad to me. That is why he needs forgiveness. If he hadn't done something bad, he would not need your forgiveness. But he needs forgiveness so that you will overcome that evil. And as for forgiveness and unforgiveness, it will always be a temptation. And many times when men have moved on, we have not moved on because we are emotional and things hurt us deeply. And based on that, we create walls around us. If this is the problem, then I'm not going to be friendly with anybody. I'm not going to flow with anybody because people can hurt you. But if you do that, your life will never be enriched. The best place to be offended is the ministry. Come, you have many opportunities to be unforgiven. You have many opportunities 
to see ingratitude in display. Hallelujah. But you still have to forgive. The Bible says it is the glory, the honor of a ruler to overlook. You know, just before I came, two lady pastors came to me and said, you know, this person has done this, done that, done that. And I said, forgive me. Ah, so every day, forgive me. Every day, I said, no. Talk to her about it. But whether she repents or not, it is your duty to forgive me. And they said, this is about how do you survive in this church? Because there are a lot of anointings. This one says that you have this person, the person says this, you do this. I said, oh, just to be a Christian. And then they were starting, what am I saying? Why, why are you saying that? Yeah, if you are just a Christian, you'll be able to walk on. I said, how? How come you don't react to this? You don't react? I said, because if you react every day, you always be at home. Every day there will be an issue. But you have to rise up. Chickens, rise up with the eagles. Ah, so every day, forgive her. Every day, I said, No, talk to her about it. But whether she repents or not, it is your duty to forgive her. And they said, This is about you. How do you survive in this church? Because there are a lot of anointings. This one says, You have this person, the person says this, you do this. I said, Oh. Just to be a Christian. And then they were starting, what am I saying? Why, why are you saying that? Yeah. If you are just a Christian, you'll be able to walk on. So how? How come you don't react to this? You don't react? I said, because if you react every day, you always be at home. Every day there will be an issue. But you have to rise up. Don't fight with the chickens. Rise up with the eagles. Why are you? Your issues. Because if you take everyone, you are facing every issue, you will destroy the church. You will destroy the church completely. Hallelujah. And I know a pastor's wife will fight openly in the church. You, you did this one, pastor's wife. She held a man's shirt. Oh, he's bad. Because the thing I've been eating her, building up, eating her up, building her up. Oh, no. I can't take it anymore. It's a woman's thing not to be able to forgive you. Look at how Sarah dealt with Hagar. The Bible says he, she drove her out with a harsh hand. When it's woman to woman, it's not easy. And when it's to do with our mind, we will drive her out with a harsh hand. It takes God to meet you in the wilderness and bring you back. Hallelujah. But we must learn to be forgiven and to love one another. It's a woman's thing. We don't cheer one another up, encourage one another. We have the ability, but we don't always do it. The temptation to be unforgiven is too strong. And Sarah, if she had reflected a little, would have seen that she brought all these things to bear. But she's not seeing that. Abraham had not said, I'm tempted, I want to have a child. You came and said, you called the UN conference and said, take Hagar and have a child. And I always say women's meetings are, you know, my husband said, I can't imagine that a woman would give another woman to her husband. But I am a woman, I know that. You can do that. Because you'll be saying in your head, I think he's under pressure. He would like to do this. Let me test him. So Sarah gives it to his arm. He's wanted to do that all along. You see how he fell for it. That's it. But she doesn't know that there are implications. So later, when Hagar becomes pregnant, Hagar despises Sarah in her eyes. It is something really that happened. It was true. 
Because he can't look and say, After all, I am the one even with the seed. You, you are just a wife by name, you are nothing. And sometimes, when people don't have husbands or something, it is we who rub it in. It is we who are insensitive. A lady told me, somebody asked her in church, Why? Won't you hatch? She's having problems with childbirth. You see, I said, Won't you hatch? So I told him, People don't think deep. So we must also forgive them. Sometimes they are not thinking. She says, People stay in the church. So what are you waiting for? Why? She said, Why? Said, Why doesn't tell care to them that for seven years they'll not have a child? Five years. Something is wrong. Why do they say, What are you waiting for? So we who can feel for our sisters, we are the ones. And then that forgiveness sets in. And it goes on. And women have the ability to break a church, to break a company, to break a family with their issues. It's a woman's thing. May the Lord give us hearts that can forgive. Amen. And unless we face up to the truth about ourselves, we will never move on with God. You know, sometimes... I really get hurt by the things people do. And sometimes I'm driven to the presence of God and I really weep before God, God, I can't believe a person did this to me. So as I become very broken, I weep and then I say, but I will forgive. Why? Because your word says so. I only ask him for strength and grace to be able to do that. And sometimes you turn to your husband and because he wants a church to go on, oh no, 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 it's okay. It's nothing. Oh, are you sure that was like, it's nothing? Just move on, it's And even that hurts more. Amen. But a couple of weeks ago I was sitting in the impartation service. And then my husband was preaching. When he got to the point, he said, Some of you ladies, you must thank God for the life of my wife. Because she accommodates all of you in many ways. I was surprised to hear that. But I felt that God has a way of speaking to his servants. Hallelujah. He said, my wife has a very long rope. And my wife has accommodated many of you and your things. I was surprised. You know? So instead of fighting your own battle, see. Hey, can't you see? See. Tomorrow I'll read to you how the left brain and the right brain of a man works and how the left brain of a woman works, you will understand that they see things differently. Hallelujah. The temptation to influence people, especially our husbands wrongly, is always a woman's thing. Hallelujah. We are blessed with influence. Even when the men behave as if they are not listening, they listen. Amen. Because sometimes my husband tells me, oh, even when you said this and that, about it, really? Because he looked busy doing what he was doing. I didn't think he was listening. But he listens. I realize that men don't always say, I'm listening. But when you speak, it makes an impact. And so you must be careful what you say. Hallelujah. He may not tell you that I'm thinking about it, but it's something that has dropped. Something maybe has not thought of it. Hey, why is that every day when they are calling the pastor's phone, they say they forget you. Every day, that's for you, only you, they forget you. Mm-hmm. This church, I wonder, never underestimate your influence as a woman. And never underestimate the power of your words or of your influence. Delilah, she didn't carry any gates of Gaza. 
But Samson, who carried the gates of Gaza and killed so many Philistines, was brought to his knees because of Delilah's influence. And sometimes you wonder how men can be so foolish. Delilah lies to you. And then says the Philistines are The Philistines truly come. And then you realize that what you told her didn't work because you told her a lie. Three times. And you keep playing this game just because you are sleeping in her lap. you are a woman of influence and you can use it for good 
or for evil. Hallelujah. So this evening, I came to challenge you. The last thing is the gift of the God. The temptation to talk, to gossip, to say things we don't know, and to say that we saw it. And by our mouths, we ran down churches, we ran down men of God, we ran down our own husbands. You know, when I was very young, there was a lady who kept coming to my house for counseling with my mother. And every time she would come, she would say very bad things about her husband. He's this and Mrs. Brady, you don't know. He's that, he's that. More than once, I heard my mother say, I don't know how you can say so many bad things about a man and still live with him and marry him. I think that when you do that, it's an indictment on you yourself. I'm going to say that it's stuck in my head. And some of us, our husbands are the worst, the monsters, the beasts. It's different when you are coming from counseling, but you have told everybody. He's this, he's that, he's that. By your tongue, you are destroyed. Him. And you cannot even rise up to become anymore. Hallelujah. The Bible says, don't give your strength to that which destroys kings. King Lemuel's mother was advised, he said, give no your strength to that which, what is it, women? That which destroys kings. We have the ability, with our tongue, we can destroy kings. Look at David, the man after God's own heart, he loves God, but flawed. And our tongues can also be a woman. We like to chat. And sometimes we like to make it more interesting. And so we become, we exaggerate. And we add spice. And sometimes we like to gossip. Have you heard? Her husband has done this and that to her. And we are very happy we destroy homes and destroy people by our tongues. But this evening, may that which has been not be that which will be in our lives. Because these things were written for our instruction upon whom the ages, the end of the ages have come. May we be instructed. It is a woman's thing, but the Lord will deliver us if we are willing. Stand to your feet. Wanna be more like you, Jesus?
Great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.